0: Obviously sometimes things just come to you, right? So sometimes you just, you know, you're just walking down the street and you have an idea for a tune is in your head and that's great and that's really inspiring. But sometimes you just need to write. Um, I've done things like just write random notes on a on a on a page and random like major minor th- without thinking, and then play them and think, okay, what have we got here then? Is any of this work?
1: You are listening to Trinity College London's music podcast with me, Francesca Christmas, Director of Music. In this series, I meet composers and arrangers from around the world to talk about their contributions to the broad range of music in the 2023 Piano Syllabus. Sam is a London-based jazz pianist and one of the contributors to the 2023 Piano Syllabus. Welcome, Sam.
0: Uh, Hello, glad to be here. It's
1: really good to have you here. Mm. Let's start out by finding all about you. So who are you? What do you do? What sort of music making are you
0: into? As you said, I'm a uh, jazz pianist Uh, within that genre. I play a lot of different um, subgenres, a lot of different styles, quite involved on the straight ahead scene, play a lot with people like uh, Alex Weston King and do a lot of the Ronnie Scott's late shows. I also have a, a kind of fusion band playing uh, music by Alan Holdsworth and uh, Chick Corea, people like that. Uh, I have a lot of my own projects, so I have uh, a trio playing my own compositions, which are kind of influenced by the likes of uh, Paul Blay, Keith Jarrett, nice. Abdullah Ibrahim, those sorts of people. Loads of other things. I run a big band, I have a quintet, I have a few piano duets.
1: And you manage to find time to sleep and eat between those occasions. Uh, sort of, occasions. Yeah. yeah, very good, very good. Um, and I understand you're also studying for your PhD at the moment? Uh, yes, yeah. What uh, are you looking
0: at? Uh, so I'm looking at whether adults can learn uh, perfect pitch. <gasps> um, so I designed a, a training scheme for this and tested it on several people across the world. Uh, I managed to uh, get on board through something of a, a, a polemic. I posted a video <laughs> criticizing a famous YouTuber. Gosh, uh, I uh, love that. Yeah, uh, uh, and uh, lots of people got involved. Uh, it was good. Yeah.
1: So is your interest in this area linked to the fact that you're a jazz musician and working in something that is ostensibly a lot of the time an oral music and oral tradition? Uh,
0: absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think having great ears is really important for playing all music. Um, it's not a genre-specific uh, thing. We're dealing with an oral art form. You want to be able to to, to audiate. And you need to be able to think in music in order to to play music effectively. But jazz is a kind of a particular case. So you're in a situation where. So I'm a jazz pianist. Where ideally you want to be able to hear, you know, what notes the bass player is playing, uh, what notes the saxophone player is is playing, and you know, as well as picking up everything else, what's mm. what's going on on the drums and whatever, um, in order to, to play the best accompaniment uh, you can Um, so it's useful for that, that said I don't want to overstate that, I think um, a lot of uh, jazz students can get um, too concerned about Mm. that you want to allow yourself to be in the moment and ultimately you're kind of telling separate interconnected stories at the same time, you're not trying to ape whatever the last person did you know yeah but yes that's it's entirely um from there so i wanted to m- improve my ears back in my college days um ended up reading a lot of um things online that were kind of interesting on this found myself reading scientific papers found myself getting into science more um and then decided i'd like to study this for myself Amazing. and that's that was the way in <laughs>
1: about your journey to becoming a jazz musician where did you start it would be lovely for our teachers and many of whom will be teaching pupils at the beginning of their musical career it'd be lovely to hear how you got from there to where you are now
0: I had a very inspiring teacher uh, when I uh, was a kid Um, a guy called Roger Perrin who teaches for the Richmond Music Trust in uh sorry initially i used to be a, a guitarist a kind of rock and blues Amazing. Uh, guitarist back when i was a teenager and that was the music i loved and i still love that music but i <laughs> sometimes i wonder if i play uh play piano now because I was, I was too rubbish at guitar <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, but anyway um he whilst whilst kind of um uh, nurturing my love of uh of rock and blues at the time which was great you know we'd Go to uh, gigs as sort of groups amazing. of us taken by him and, and, and go and see loads of amazing musicians that I never yeah. f- would have been able to see otherwise. Alongside nurturing that, he kind of like introduced jazz a little bit on the side because he is a jazz musician himself. Um, got me listening to, you know, Oscar Peterson and Herbie Hancock and, and people like this and... Yeah, I think that's where it stemmed from. I think like a lot of people who come from a kind of rock blues background initially, you sort of find your way in through some of the fusion and funk stuff. So bands like uh, Weather Report and Headhunters and all those were initially very interesting to me. I then, uh, I went to King's College London and did um, a musicology undergraduate. And it was, it was a really great course but maybe wasn't entirely what i wanted at that particular mm-hmm. time yeah i think i I was getting more and more interested in perf- in playing jazz and in performing yeah. um, as part of this course i could do several things outside and in many ways i found them a little more interesting than the stuff i was doing on the course as great as the teachers were on there um and one of those was uh, composition classes at royal academy of music mm. Um, where I learnt with um, Pete Churchill, who, who is, you know, Pete. I, know. I still, to this day, um, so I, I teach now at um, Middlesex University and various other places. To this day, my sort of teaching role model is Pete. I yeah. think I just, uh, you know, Yeah. he's an exceptionally good teacher. Yeah. And someone to take a lot from. So anyway, I went to classes with him that were very inspiring, but also kind of terrifying because this is the first point in my life I'd realized that uh, people my own age could sound as good or even better in some cases as people on records. I think I'd always been a bit of a, a big fish in a small pond until uh. that point, and suddenly the uh, the pond expanded <laughs> substantially. <I think> everyone <laughs> has that moment. Everyone <laughs> has that moment. But yeah, I saw some amazing people. Uh, Kit Downs was there, John Ascreet was there, um, Callum Gourlay, Josh Blackmore, Freddie Gavita, all of these amazing musicians, um, which was very inspiring and terrifying at the same time. I ended up doing a hell of a lot of of practice then, but kind of got the got the jazz bug m- even more seriously at that point. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like, right, this is what I want to do. Amazing. And my goal was to end up at the academy, which I did afterwards. So I did a, a postgrad in jazz uh, there oh, and incredible. ended up with lessons with Willem Simcock. For things he played in those lessons that I, t- to my ears, are better than a lot of the things I've heard him play on gigs, which are also already incredible. It was just. An amazing experience, and he's so fast. I remember a class where I said I was working on um, falling in love with love that tune, yeah, and I'd sort of been practicing it um, for a while and getting, getting inside it. And he said, "Oh, how about you know try doing this and stick a ostinato in the left hand, and 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 what about if we play with this kind of groove? And then you could then you could do this." And it was all stuff that you know, if if I'd sat down and practiced for like a couple of weeks, maybe I'd have pulled something good out of the bag. But he uh, he he just had a crack at it, and Mm. I I think I've got it on tape somewhere. It's like one of the best things I've ever heard. Amazing. The only (laughs) downside was having to then play after that. uh, I know.
1: Hard (laughs) to follow, right? Yeah. And always done is that this sort of he draws so much on obvious on so many musical influences, and this is this incredible blurring of lines between any style or genre he plays. He sort of just moves through them and pulls inspiration from you can be you know incredible romantic piano music one moment, then it's Mm -hmm. you know Chick Corea the next. It's incredible so kings and then the academy Mm -hmm. what happened after that where did you go next
0: well i just went straight into uh performing um i was lucky to have support from a few people um my close friend uh richard fairhurst was someone that had taught me um or run some ensembles i was in at academy and ended up uh, producing my first album, um, which was uh, kind of him, and helping set up various connections for me with that, so we got it on the uh, on the Babel label. It was yeah. So I, I released that, and that one went really well. I sometimes think that might be my uh, fifteen minutes, you know that really? uh, that uh, that we were you know did radio broadcasts from the festival hall and all Wonderful. sorts of amazing yes. things with that album. It was uh, a lot of fun. Then recorded a, a second one a couple of years later that i think it's is realistically a better album still got pretty good press but not quite as good press as the first one yeah. i think the first one had the advantage of being fresh and new and that's whatever
1: it. that's right. that's there's always an extra 10% sort of attached to that isn't there first i think so yeah new, you know new performer new talent on the scene um, wow how wonderful so your first album really soon after leaving college that's a that's pretty pretty exciting project to yeah. go into and yeah. was that all your own music or original music all original
0: music yeah um with a great band um James Orsop on tenor saxophone and right. bass clarinet, and Callum Gourlay and Josh Blackmore.
1: Where do you where do you find your um, inspiration for from when you're writing?
0: Uh, I guess it changes. That's a hard a hard question. I could talk about it from the other side because I guess yeah, when I teach people to. Um, about composition, about how they might compose. I guess I draw upon things that I do do myself when I'm in a rut. Obviously sometimes things just come to you, right? So sometimes you just you know, you're just walking down the street and you've an idea for a tune is in your head and that's great and that's mm-hmm. really inspiring. But sometimes you just need to write. Um I've done things like just write r- random notes on, on a on a on a page and random like major minor thi- without thinking, yeah. and then play them and think, okay, what have we got here then? Nice. Does any of this work? And I did actually one of the competitions on my second record started from that, and I don't think any of the chords in it were the chords that were initially on the page, but it just started a process of, nice. you know, so you play it and you think, well, that that doesn't work, this works. Maybe we'll go with this. Yeah. Okay, now I feel like doing this, and it's given me this idea for this tune and everything. Sometimes you just need something. To, to get going.
1: Yeah. So you've really kindly um, spent some time um, arranging a big jazz number for us for grade two. Mm-hmm. Would you like to tell us a little bit about it?
0: Yes, I, uh, I arranged It Don't Mean a Thing If It Ain't Got That Swing, uh, Duke Ellington Classic. Uh, for the the Grade 2 syllabus, which was uh, quite a, a challenging piece to arrange mm-hmm. for for Grade 2, because even just the melody itself is already quite syncopated. Gave it my best shot. <laughs> uh, the arrangement was supposed to be Ellington Through the Eyes of Monk. Oh, wow.
1: Um,
0: so it's got a kind of Monk edge to it. Wow. Um, there is a really great Sonius um, Monk um, album of... Duke Ellington tunes from which I drew some inspiration Fabulous. I wanted to present something that was appropriate for people but which was informed by the tradition and and yeah. and could introduce people to a few of, of the more interesting sounds that a, a player like Thelonious Monk would play.
1: I'm so delighted about that because one of the objectives for the piano syllabus and the the piano books um, this year has been to draw on a much broader range of musical styles and genres Mm -hmm. to give is even at the beginning of their journey, tastes across time, across the globe, across different styles. And authenticity has been really central to that. Mm -hmm. So we didn't want to create a pastiche of a style or genre, but really give them authentic um, pieces mm-hmm. of music and i love that description of you know not only is it ellington but it's ellington through the lens of monk mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean that's kind of two for one there for our listeners if you've got learners working at grade two i would strongly recommend you have a look at because it's a uh, the sort of music that should be part of anybody's portfolio knowing and playing this kind of music these seminal Uh, pieces um, by composers like Ellington are really important to have under your fingers and to have in your musical kind of memory bank. So uh, a high recommendation to have a look at this one. Tell us about some of the challenges of writing for Grade 2 because we know that your composers work to, or arrangers work to a set of parameters because it needs to be inherently Grade 2, it needs to carry Grade 2-ness so that it's of the right standard for people at that point in their journey. That means there's, there's probably more you can't do, than more you mm-hmm. can do. How did you go about fit, fitting the kind of you know syncopated rhythms and quite complex thick harmony into that grade two slot? <laughs> it
0: was it was a challenge, but I think I think it went okay. Uh, it was a case of kind of stripping back yeah. um, a lot of the harmonic complexity. A lot of the a lot of the time, it was thinking about the voicings that Monk would play, which mm. would be you know in a lot of cases inappropriate for for grade 2 and then thinking what in there is absolutely essential yeah. um to that monk sound and what in there is you know is is great but is maybe kind of icing um nice. so i i i stripped everything back a lot of the time that was in some cases that was picking accompanying notes that weren't necessarily the most obvious ones but had the more of a kind of monk flavor than the others interesting there's also one case where um, the editor got in touch with me to suggest changing one of the notes to make it, I guess, kind of hipper, weirdly. Yeah. But the more straightforward sound at that point felt more like something that Monk would have played. So yeah. I ended up I ended up going with a quite a basic chord at that instance nice. because I felt that was more yeah. appropriate. Yeah. So those kinds of decisions. It is tricky, yeah, it's hard. Um, and within the scope of a composition like that, of a piece like that, of a length, that was prescribed. It was very hard to get much in the way of improvised type material in there, but there were still moments where you could hint at things
1: lovely hmm. that's really good that, to fit all of that into a short piece a grade two length piece. is really impressive and it's good to know i love that idea the kind of exchange with the editorial team mm-hmm. one one note discussion a yeah, phone yeah. call a video conference over one note and where it should be that is the kind of time and care it takes to create the pieces and get them right
0: i think in some ways writing a, a grade two piece is more of a challenge than writing a writing a grade 8 piece. A grade 8 yeah. piece could be, you know, you just think, well, how might, I, how might I play this if I were influenced by this person and this yeah. person and write that. But all of those extra considerations make it quite a, a challenge, but a fun one.
1: I was interested to hear when you talked about your own journey as a learner, that your teacher... Remind me of his name. Roger Parent. Roger. So we shall call him Roger. I feel like I know Roger now. <laughs> um, he took you, to, he didn't, you know, he didn't just support you and push you towards different um, musical styles like jazz, but he also, you said, took you to gigs mm-hmm. to see live music. Tell us a little bit about that.
0: I mean, I can go a stage further than that. He was He was briefly in my rock band as well. Oh, <laughs> 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 that was brilliant. Um, which is nice. I think my... Uh, He's a real character Roger. He's um he appears on two episodes of Countdown. <gasps> oh <my laughs> um what a, what a talented man. He's, uh yeah, something like that. He's got like a, a passion for numbers as well as for for teaching. He's a real um teacher. Like a, like great musician, but mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like the best thing about him is what he brings out of other people. Yeah. Um which is a, a super talent. I've always had a lot of respect for for teachers and I you know I really enjoy teaching myself as a result of some of the teachers that I've um, had in the past, I think, to no small measure.
1: And you talked a little bit about Gwillem Simcock when he was teaching you while you were at the academy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the fact that he would sort of bring new ideas and fresh sort of fresh ways of thinking, fresh ways of playing into your lesson. What of his um, influence have you taken forward yourself as an educator?
0: One thing that um, I found very inspiring about Gwilym was... He has that rare trait of being a fantastic player and also a really great um, communicator and teacher, mm. which you know often people are one or the other. So it's that's interesting in itself. So the ability to to break down um, his approach and explain explain what he's doing and to think about whatever it is you just played and communicate to you in a very like positive and encouraging way things you could do to to change it. Um, for the better is 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 quite um quite inspiring. But then also to be able to sit down and play you the best thing you've ever heard. Yeah. And have it you know, which is entirely related to the last thing. They were really super inspiring lessons. I still have my little book from those classes, um, and uh, I remember about a year ago finding it and thinking, oh, you know, I wonder, I wonder where I am com- compared to the things I uh, thought I needed to get together when I was at music college. Um, and depressingly. <laughs> <laughs> Still, like, no, still can't do that still can't do that still can't do that yeah. um so I've had some fantastic uh, teachers Gwinnem's one of them um Simon Purcell is another uh Pete Churchill I've been really lucky to have a, a hell of a lot of really great um educators who've inspired the way that I teach mm-hmm. quite a lot I really enjoy teaching there's something really exciting about the um the challenge of having a this this is the sort of thing that i think terrifies some people but but to me it's really exciting when you have a class of people who are all very different to each other who have different levels of understanding about the thing that you're teaching and some of the classes i've taught that's been extreme i've had classes where some people are complete beginners they don't know they couldn't point to middle c on a piano and then other people have you know they've got their grade eight and they have you know can play really great and you're trying to teach all of these people about let's say harmony or musicianship yeah. that's a difficult class of to me that's really exciting and i like you know you keeping track of, what, it's almost like being a stand-up comedian, but not a funny one. Uh, <laughs> sort of keeping track of where every single person is with what with what you're saying and thinking of tasks that are going to um, apply to everyone, but where yeah. you can approach it at different levels with different students. So this this person over here can do it and get something from it, but this person over here will be able to approach it at a kind of higher level mm. and and get a different thing from it. I find all of that um, really fun. So it's kind of like, uh, I mean, obviously my end goal is, is that everyone learns, but it's also fun because it's almost like a bit of a game as well yeah, it's like, absolutely. You know, if i do all these things right then then i've succeeded in this Amazing. in this task i think the spirit of all of those teachers hangs over me when i'm when i'm teaching um uh, in particular i think uh, pete churchill is, is in terms of classroom teaching that guy is very special indeed yeah.
1: so having listened to you talk about these amazing musical influences and your incredible three albums. I know people will be really um, interested to go and listen to your music now. Mm-hmm. Sam, where can we direct them to? Well,
0: you could go to my uh, my website, which is um, uh, You, I mean, it's all on Spotify. If you look up, um, so the first two albums are released under the band name, which is Aquarium. The first one's just called aquarium there's also i think a russian death metal band called aquarium so make ah, sure you get okay. the right one <laughs> it'll be easy to tell
1: the difference <laughs> yeah i think so yeah if it sounds like
0: death metal it's probably not it's probably not, not mine yeah. the second one is called places that's on a, a label called jelly mold jazz uh, the third album is actually uh, not the one we were talking about earlier because that's not uh, released yet that's ah. something we're, we're still working on uh, the third album is a duet with the uh, pianist Dan Tepfer Wonderful. who's um, New York based used to play with Lee Connitz and Ferris Sanders and various others Amazing. very good piano player, that's a suite that I wrote for the Steinway Festival at ah. Pizza Express um, about seven years ago or something Amazing. all of those are on Spotify and you can get them through my website <laughs>